to the House of Learning podcast produced by A Jesus Church College. Join hosts Richard Tamburo and Molly Inman as they chat with other faculty and guests about church, the Bible, theology, and learning the way of Jesus here in Portland. Today we're talking about the Prince of Peace. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. It's Richard here with Weston and Jenny from Sunday. Hey everybody. Hey guys. And you guys did the last of these titles from Isaiah, yeah. which actually now famous from the worship song. Yeah. <laughs> which is, it's all coming together. It's all finally uh, coming together. Wait, did we, awesome. Was that our crew that wrote that song or is that a new song? Or? I, do you know what? I didn't ask. I presumed it was, it was something. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was it was really cool. It was really cool. Um, and so last one, you guys have Prince of Peace mm-hmm. to talk about. And so, um, yeah, there's loads of stuff you delved into on Sundays. This is an opportunity to like, you know, given that we don't want to be at church for four hours. Right. <laughs> have some of the rest of the conversation. Yeah, I think it's so amazing that this being um, these four different facets that we've gotten to look at. Prince of Peace is probably one of those titles that's more well uh, represented yeah. at Christmas time. It's in time. carols, it's on Christmas it, cards. Absolutely. Yep. You see it all over the place. And so when we interact with it at Christmas time, and then especially as Weston and I have been thinking about leading up to this moment, it's been on my radar in such a way that um, one of the huge things that we really didn't have time to dive into on Sunday was things that rob us of our peace. Yeah, like yeah. it doesn't take very much in the frenetic pace that somehow slips in at Christmas time of wanting to give gifts and do all of those things that you're suddenly aware of, oh, I just want to stop. And yet you're just going, going, well, going. It's unbelievable yeah. what our culture does to us at this time of the year. Like everything is about peace, peace on earth. I mean, I even have a Starbucks mug that says, wish for snow, peace on earth and flying reindeer. You know, so it's <laughs> like this, like it's just a part of our culture. But then at the same time... Yeah. You well, might feel like you've got more chance of getting the flying reindeer. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Peace on Earth, absolutely. Exactly. I mean, and it's so crazy because all of the Christmas Hallmark movies, all of the commercials, everything is the snow falling, the quiet evenings, but then the speed of life feels like it goes to the next level yeah. this time We of love year. the idea of a certain season, mm-hmm. but we don't right. execute And we are rushing idea. as fast as we yeah. can to try to find that, but yeah. we never do. And the interesting thing is this Prince of Peace passage is not about just the nativity. Right. It's right. about this Messiah and what he's coming to establish. Right. It's about something that should affect January to December. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so we... Yeah. No, so go ahead. Right, I was going to say, we, and we, we, I mean, we're assuming that you all have listened to the teaching on Sunday. If you haven't, go back and listen to it because the whole first part is comparing what our culture t- calls peace right. and what actually this word is referring to, which is the word shalom, which is the word Je- where Jesus is shalom and does shalom. It's not necessarily just simply that idyllic quiet moment right. because that's just, that's just, there's moments we can get that. Yeah. For sure, you can hit that. But if that's the goal, and Jenny said this on Sunday, if peace uh, keeping is the goal, then you're just going to always feel deflated and discouraged and inadequate. But peacemaking, which is shalom. And so that's that's yeah. the thing that we're constantly fighting for. And yeah. it takes action. It takes fight. So give us a little, because this is fine. We inter- interrupt each other. I was literally no, no, going to no. ask you yeah. that question. Yeah. Because 
Yeah, like it'd be good to have a little like two minute refresher on what shalom is because we yeah. we can be like what interrupts our peace and if mm. our vision of peace is like well I want to be feel comfortable yeah. or feel rested or not feel as tired yeah or feel like I'm on top of everything or feel like I'm in control of everything or feel really secure about everything then that's those and it's not that those are all evil things no like there's goodness in those things mm-hmm. but there's a there's a like a kingdom picture of what life should be like right. that's very different right. from an American dream version of what life should be like and yeah. the version of all of those things yeah. that should be in our life. Well, I think yeah. I think the American version of peace is the condition of life that should be. And everybody's trying to find what they call the American dream or mm-hmm. the, the condition. Once we get to that place, then we'll have a, a peace. Yeah. And um, that's just not what the scripture talks yeah. about as shalom. Shalom is completeness. It's wholeness. It's, um, I think an easy way to define it is that when you dump out a puzzle upside down on a table and then you work to restore what's broken, to restore the chaos, and once every single piece is put back together to that puzzle, then that puzzle now has shalom, which is the word that Jesus uses, or the word that Isaiah uses here, is, is complete, it's wholeness. It's actively working to restore what's broken and then be about the ongoing recovery. Yeah. It's it's yeah. a it's not a it's not a lazy word. It's not a yeah. slow, quiet word. It's yeah. an action fighting, working for yeah. word. It's being involved in a certain type of pursuit. Yeah. It's yes. the pursuit of peace, is yeah. shalom, yeah. not mm-hmm. the achievement. Yeah. Yes. So you don't have shalom when because the American version of peace is like I'm sat down, you yes. know. I've got like it's a cold beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can hear the steak sizzling gently on the grill. <laughs> the sun string, my garden is perfect. Yeah. And I've got nothing yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't have a care in the world. I'm at peace. Right. Yeah. And like that's a like, very different that that's the achievement of like everything's done. Now and, I can and have And when peace. do we get to that place? And that's I think that's the lie, right? Oh, yeah. When is there ever a moment like that? Well, there is. It's that moment when you're exhausted and you decide to start saying no to things. Yeah. 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 Like that's the pseudo version of it. Yeah. But yeah, so shalom is this different thing. It's, it's different. like, which is why we can have this idea of a prince of peace. Mm-hmm. Because it is, I, I was reflecting on this, it's like very kingdom, like now and not yet. For mm-hmm. sure. Right? Because Jesus arrives as this Messiah prince who's going to establish a reign and uh, a project of peace. Right. Yeah. Um, and so the announcement and establishment of that reality that especially his like disciples and followers got to experience bits of with him, um, you know, but that like culminates in the cross and chaos mm. and a new church mm-hmm. and, you know, just like mind bogglingly world upside down stuff. Yeah. But that isn't like, oh, no, I guess I guess like the peace will be for some other era. Yeah. That stuff is the peacemaking. Yeah. Yes. You know, and so it's this it's this weird blend of Jesus as this figure who stands for peace. And yet it's like shaking everything up mm-hmm. that can be so I, mean, I don't know. It, that's not a picture you see on the Christmas. Jesus card. is working for peace as he's turning the tables over in the temple. Yeah. As he's driving the money changers out. That's working towards shalom. And I, I want to be clear, like when we have those moments of rest and vacation and whether we're watching the steak sizzle or we're sitting on a beach somewhere and there's just kind of those moments, those are beautiful moments and those aren't wrong. Um, and that is that can be peaceful moments, but that's just not the extent of the definition yeah. that Jesus is talking about. And Jesus about did here. that. Yeah. It's like, hey, you're tired. We need to go rest yeah. or we need, like, I need to go up the mountain and pray by myself for a while. Yeah. That's just, that's not what 
Prince of Peace is talking about. Yeah. Right? And some of the verses throughout the Bible that talk about peace that we're familiar with, you know, so we could mm-hmm. we could get it wrong. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like peace is is not like a state of being. Yeah. Right. But it's actually to do with like a calling, something yeah. we value, we have vision for, we pursue, mm-hmm. you know, those sorts of things. That requires action. It's, right. it's a participatory kind of kingdom building. Yeah. So asking like, hey, Jenny, do you have peace? And she'd be like, I don't know. What do you mean? Then I'd be like, well, what are you pursuing with your life, Jenny? Yeah. Like yeah. what What would count yeah. as feeling like, man, my life is meaning something and doing something right now. Yeah. It would be those answers that would help us establish whether you have peace in your life. And I think what's funny too is West and I were entering into this and we were, you know, kind of decoding uh, the scriptures as it was and looking at what it meant. For me, part of that was just like a little deflating. It was just like, man, this is not what I want peace to mean. I do want that rest that mm. comes on the yeah. other side of it. And I mean, you're two telling years of COVID, me- man. We all need, we need to lie down. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you're telling me that this is ta- this takes action, this takes participation, this takes work, um, and this takes building. And then I look at, you know, my home life and my four kids and homeschooling and working a little bit on the side. And where do I have space then to step into that kind of, seeing all the brokenness that's in the world and fixing that, like taking part and bringing wholeness to that. And, and as I mentioned on Sunday, like, especially when I find it difficult to make my place, my home, a place of peace. Like if I'm seeing the tension or the frustration or the, um, the fighting that's going on there, then like, am I adequate to actually step in and participate Mm -hmm. in this way? And, and that's where, um, just that verse in Matthew 5, where Jesus is calling us to be peacemakers, not peacekeepers, really altered my thinking mm. onto how I get to be a role player in this kind of kingdom building. Yeah, yeah I think that's really cool because it's one of the things we, t- we talked about a little bit on Sunday, but just this overwhelming sense of when you look around to see, okay, what are the areas in this world that need put back together? They're huge yeah, and they're daunting. And how can we possibly step into yeah. that? I Especially mean, when the news calls us to care about those things on yeah. a global scale. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes we can miss our, what our neighbor's going through or, yeah. you know. Absolutely. And I think that's the part where, where yes, there's huge things that we can step into, racism, sexism, uh, trafficking, orphan and widow care, like all these sort of things. But then when we're like, we have a family and we have a, a home. We're trying to make sure we, our budget works for the month for the groceries. And we're trying to keep the kids like in a place that's healthy for them. Like, how do we do all that and step into the injustice? And we didn't, it, we weren't able to go here on Sunday, yeah. but I think one of the most beautiful ways to do that, and Jenny mentioned it a little bit, is it's the moments when you understand that you're about teaching your kids how to bring peace to the world. Mm-hmm. Shalom. When you teach your kids your how to love their neighbors well, when you teach your kids to show dignity to their friends, regardless of their differing beliefs or, or lifestyles, or you teach your kids to love people even in the midst of their own brokenness, and you teach them how to deal with their own stuff, that's actually how we go upriver. And yes, it's important to save people currently that are in these situations. But if we really want to make a difference in shalom in this world, man, it starts with how we are are bringing up the next yeah. generation. Of we people. need to we need to create little zones in our inner circle which are incubators for us to develop the cares yes. for the peacemaking, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it could be like parenting such a prime example 
but it could even be like uh, roommates. Oh, for sure. Right? You, you know, you live with a few friends and what your home is about is like, well, we want to have fun, but we want to try to like not annoy each other. <laughs> yeah. Right? right? And that success for like us as a little unit living together. And it's like, well, mm. actually, if you just don't annoy each other and, you know, the one of you that always plays your music too loud at 2 a.m. stops, like, have you really succeeded at living together? Right. And it's it's starting to ask some different questions because in that little trusted circle, because to, to care about a new thing, but especially to stop caring about something that culture's taught you as a priority, takes a huge amount of trust and vulnerability. Yeah. So having like loads of love and encouragement around you. But even, I mean, you know, roommates, but a marriage as well. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have kids um, or, you know, you're empty nesters or can't have kids, still like that American dream of like, yeah, what we as a couple are pursuing is just like this dream of like being able to come home from work to this state of being where nothing is needed of us. Yes. It's like actually ironically, that is the antithesis of peacemaking. Mm -hmm. That's a refusal to engage in the project. Yep. You know, to like stick your head in there. And you you may actually end up, I mean, talk about which we'll get back to your original (laughs) like thing of like what robs us of peace. But I ironically misunderstanding what Jesus talks about, what the Bible talks about when it talks about peace, maybe one of the biggest things we're just, we might be searching for the wrong thing, right? Yes, absolutely. Where we feel like that we're not able to engage with God in that way. And we're really just missing the mark on what yeah. he's calling us to step into. Yeah. yeah. So what's some other stuff? Um, Cause I want to, I want to get back to your original question and then let's think about like, um, how do we, um, cause this, uh, making peace training, yeah. a part of what we do in families, in like little units, it could be like community group, you know? Yeah. Um, but peace trainings, it's a matter of proactively seeking and pursuing this shalom idea, but you talked a bit more about that on Sunday. Yeah. So it's also like discipleship is helping spot and bring accountability and encouragement around oh dude don't do that that's hurting you you know or hurting someone else right yeah so what are some of these like things that get in the way some of these barriers that we could if we were trying to be strategic at training these things like those are the sorts of things we need to go after yeah well i think first off i think about in you know times where jesus like was commanding his peace And, um, you know, we referenced on Sunday the John 14 passage where Jesus talks about my peace I give you not as the world gives. Which, by the way, can I just say Jesus calls it out right there that the world has a different definition of peace than he does. He just makes it super clear. I'm giving you my peace. It's not the way the world gives peace. Mm. It's my peace. It's so different. But then he goes on to say, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. And so right there, one of the big kickers for me as I see it in my home and I see it in myself is fear is one of those things mm. that can rob mm. us of our peace. But fear of what? You know, is it, uh, well, I don't know, like we just mentioned, you know, you can look at how big the problems are and just be like, oh, pff, what's the point? Yeah. You know, like just deflated, disillusioned. Like, is that is that what you're talking about? Or are there other types of fear you think can get in the way? Well, I think that there's all kinds of things. But then again, like Jesus in the midst of the storm with the disciples and he commands his peace over the storm. Like, and there's like a peace be still. I think that it is, uh, a, for me, my fears come from a lack of control. 
Mm. Like not being able to control the narrative, not being able to control what's going on. I, I so want those things and feel myself striving for those things. But there are times where in our lives things have happened to us that are completely beyond our control. And, and, and that's going to happen all of the time. And yet the way that, um, well, well, just for instance, like we experienced our very first pregnancy came as a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those moments that was completely beyond us, completely beyond our control. And it was scary uh, what was happening. But at the same time, uh, God's presence and his peace was the most palpable yeah. thing that we experienced in that moment, it was so unifying for the both for both mm-hmm. of us within our marriage and everything else. It was hard. It was something that was obviously not what God intended or wanted for us, but that something that we experienced and his presence brought an amount of peace to us that yeah. um, I think was like a marked moment in our lives mm-hmm. and our marriage. And so I, it was something that was completely beyond my control, but on the other side of that, I experienced a peace that God brought that was super healing for us. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting how close together the ideas of peace and hope sound when you talk that way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because you experience peace, and it, and it is kind of a, a release from fear. and and But uh, there's also... It's not that God just undid a miscarriage and gave you a new baby. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't undo the pain and the harm and, you know, the the bad of what was happening. Um, But it's not the end of the story. Right. So there's this weird moment where, like, he actually speaks hope into you, like, encourages hope in you of, like, I want to do some stuff. But also there's this faith in you to be like, okay. Let's do it. And we have to remember, too, that what we're talking about, this peace, we can't slip into the wrong definition. When Jenny says that we felt such a peace in that moment, it's not that we had, like, all the weight of the world lifted off our shoulders and we're able to sit back and take a deep breath and say, oh, everything's going to be okay now. Like, Yeah, we experienced the brokenness of that No, it was absolutely broken. But the peace that we experienced was the fact that we had a Messiah, we had a Savior, Jesus, who was working to bring wholeness and completeness and, and to work to put back the pieces that were broken. And we allowed him to put back some of those fractured pieces in our mm. own heart that were caused because of the pain of this miscarriage. That's the sort of peace we're looking for, not just like a, okay, everything's okay now. No, because it wasn't. It's still extremely painful. Even 16 years later, you talk about it, tears come mm. to our eyes. Mm-hmm. So so that's not, we, we cannot say that peace is an absence of conflict or an absence of tension or an absence of pain. Yeah. It's, it's the presence of Jesus in that moment. Go back to the moment where Jesus was asleep on the boat in the midst of the storm. He slept in the midst of a storm. And, and in those, not that it, it was there, but he recognized that there was, he was just had a confidence in something greater than, than, the, than the storm around him. Yeah. Yeah. Like when Jesus said, like, my peace I leave with you. Yeah. You know, that sort of, they were experiencing the most sort of traumatic moment of wondering whether everything they'd hoped and believed would stop or carry on. Yeah. You know, and what, when, what, I mean, the thing Jesus said he was going to leave is named as peace, mm. but also the Holy Spirit who will mediate <laughs> Jesus' personal yep. presence to us. Yep. Yeah. And then you sort of, 
the the sort of tide throughout Scripture of God talking about how important realizing He's with us is, right. and the Holy comes Spirit comes washing in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Holy Spirit is called the Helper. And what is He there to do but to put back what's broken, to continue the work, the, mm-hmm. the peace that Jesus is talking about? That's what the Holy Spirit is there to do to continue to put back the pieces yeah. that are broken. So yeah, I think that fear can absolutely rob you. I mean, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of like it, when you begin to, to allow the anxiety of your own control, like what you were saying, like if it's out of my control, then all of a sudden we, we basically pull us out of ourselves out of the game. Mm -hmm. It's like peace Um, without hope is the damaging thing. So you could be like, man, I've heard, I heard about Shalom, God, God does that sort of thing. Like that's really cool. That's a priority that ought to be pursued. But fear says, but you can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't join in. Mm-hmm. You can't say, God doesn't want to do that with you. Yeah. yeah. Like that's the sort of stuff, you know, and it's not the making it easy or making it happen now automatically. Mm-hmm. There could still be a massive fight to go make peace. But if there's no hope, yeah. that's that can be a voice of fear. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. It makes me think like Jenny and I, we both mm. had the same verse come to mind. And it's one of the most poorly quoted verses Mm -hmm. because the sentence, and it's going to be familiar to you, it's from Philippians 4, the sentence actually begins, the Lord is at hand, do not be anxious about anything. But so often it gets quoted as, don't be anxious about anything, but by prayer and supplication, make your request known to God and he'll give you peace. Which just sounds like a kind of, don't be upset with the world, be like if you pray like you can be sticker. zen and chill <laughs> and everything will be okay yeah but actually you've got this weird thing where this little thought from paul finishes with there's a peace that goes further than your understanding can take you mm-hmm. yeah but the, the the sentence just before this is let your reasonableness be known hmm. so this idea that there's like a thoughtfulness, a rationality, a yes, that makes sense. Like I can wrap my head around that. That is part of what being a Christian is supposed to be that's visible to people. Yep. And at the same time, actually our experience of walking with Jesus goes further. It doesn't end there. Yeah. It goes further than that. And then the, the sort of engine in the middle doing the work of helping us, uh, you know, join those two up, like navigate both zones somehow is this understanding that God's at hand, which is a massive hope part. You know, the, I mean, it's presence, but it's presence with a purpose. Because when, yeah. the, when the New Testament says this Lord is at hand, it's not just like, oh, Jesus is with you, feel fluffy feelings. Yep. It's Jesus is coming and he's doing his mission. Yeah. Yes. It's right? It's, it's, it's presence with a purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and engaging with that in prayer, partnering mm-hmm. with God in prayer, which is an amazing one because we may not have the strength to go out and tackle racism. We may not have like the emotional resources to figure out how to do conflict resolution with that person. We need to go make peace. Like there can be so many things we can't do. Yeah. But prayer is like weirdly something we all find really hard sometimes. Yes. But is the most accessible tool. So yeah. I love that it's put in the middle here yeah. as the engine to like this is the thing that can actually help you engage in this project of peacemaking as like a foundational thing. Um, and yeah, it, it just, but it's so different when you put the context around it. Yeah. It's not just a call to be chill. Yeah. It's a, 
uh, I was going to say go to war. It sounds like really dramatic conflict language, but in a sense, in like a if sense the kingdoms are battle, like yeah. it's a, it's actually a, it's not a call to lay down and and chill out. Yeah. It's a call it, to like get stuck in, and the the place you can always get stuck in is it praying. Reminds me a little bit of the word that's used. I think last time we did a podcast, Richard, we talked about this in Genesis. To it's the Shabbat word. Is that correct? Is that the word? No, no it's the, no, not the Shabbat. What's the word? Kabash. The, kabash. Thank you. <laughs> it's the. Kabash. I'm glad we've got the Bible scholar in the room. Yeah. Thank you, Jerry. I'm a words guy. <laughs> I got words. Thank you, Kabash. Um, also, as soon as I said them, like that's that goes with Shalom, but it's not the moment. Mm-hmm. If, kabash, you, if you if you'd have just said it confidently, everyone would have believed yeah, you. <laughs> and then, like later this week, being like, wait, wait a, a second, second. <laughs> he was off. Uh, no, it's the Kabash word in Genesis, where it's the it's the word to go and to tame the wild, what Adam mm. and Eve were called to do. And it's, it's similar with this word. It's like we hear the word peace, but there's actually a work that is that takes to bring about that. I think, I think it's really beautiful. Yeah. So I want to ask you, Jenny, because you had this verse come to mind as well. Mm. Um, and actually, you, you talked about fear, but you kind of broke it into lots of parts, yeah. lots of things that can get in the way. Yeah. Like for you, how does prayer interact uh, in a practical way? with those moments when fear is threatening to derail being someone who's like, yeah, I'm a peacemaker. Well, I was thinking about actually even um, in our pre-gather prayer time at Westside yesterday, uh, just how prayer is this catalyst for peace. And um, I think Jesus withdrawing, like as an extreme extrovert, Jesus seeing the crowd, sitting down in the midst of the crowd and bringing his peace in that way, but also recognizing his need to withdraw Mm. and to pray and interact in that way so that he can be a bearer of peace um, was something really significant. Like Mm. you can listen to all kinds of podcasts and like fill yourself up with an understanding of, or even as you're watching the news, you're seeing the problem, you're knowing what's going on and you may feel like you have a solution even yeah. for the problem. If they would just do this, mm-hmm. this would be a thing that solves the problem. That's the classic but, modern thing. Right? I, underst- I understand which theoretical solution. Yes. Therefore I don't need to bear the weight of the problem anymore. Right. And, and so then having the, I think relinquishing that idea to that of a God who sees and mm. is is and has come mm. to take what is broken and put it back together and aligning our hearts with God's understanding of the situation yeah. in that way yeah. really reframes all of that. Like um, last year in the midst of all of the pandemic and the racism and unrest within all of that, um, we set an alarm on our phones for 714 every day. So in the morning and at night, yeah. the phone would go off along with Second Chronicles 714, that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves mm. and pray. And so we just took that moment with our kids every day to say, we're praying for our city. We're praying that God would bring his peace and shalom to our city that's broken and needs him. And mm-hmm. those are super tangible ways, but... It also is something that is then a shaping and forming in a way of our kids understanding that we're seeing the brokenness, but we are we were running to come into step with what God is doing and tr- mm. and trusting Him yeah. to participate in this way. It's just like a daily reminder, yeah. habit forming thing where we get to again say, "Lord, we need you, and we want to align with what Your peace looks like." Yeah, I love um, I love the way you said that. It really highlights. Because in terms of like peace training here, 
there's an aspect which could be reactive. And I think when we misquote Philippians 4, it's what we think of. It's like when anxiety happens to you, prayer is something you can do to get rid of it. Yeah. But you're talking about actually a proactive thing, which is a bit more like when you have habits of prayer, that's a way of like getting in the ring and training so that when fear gets in the ring and wants yeah. to fight your hope, you know, you're not having a panic attack because there's some punches being thrown. Yeah. You know, you've you've built up, you've exercised that muscle of of hope and faith. And I don't know, that that little bit of um, like a good word might be like activism for mm-hmm. God's Shalom project. Yes. You know, um, and it's a great word. So so you're you're engaged in that flow. And yeah, and we are all going to have moments where like the boat rocks. And we're like, I don't know if being in the Shalom canoe is where I want to (laughs) be or if I'm going to get tipped out or like what's or whether I'm going to jump out. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all going to have those moments. Um, But that's different to standing on the shore and wondering, you know, whether you even want to get in the boat when someone's telling you, dude, get in the boat and you you, things will be so different. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I, I love the proactivity of that, like creating uh simple moments mm-hmm. and and the simplicity of it is massive because it's um I, well i mean the scope of this verse let you know in everything by prayer and supplication let your request be known yeah so the scope of what could be you know is is that everything or there, there should be nothing in our life that feels like it's i don't know i i have a visualization of like a desk yeah. And like I'm on one side and God's on the other. And part of my job is to like put things on the desk because it's God's desk, yeah. not mine. Mm, <laughs> you know, I love that. Um, and there shouldn't be anything that we're like, no, I've never put that on the desk or I don't want to put that on the desk, you know. Um, at, uh, but that is different to this idea that like, man, I need to spend 16 hours a day in prayer, like praying for every single thing. Yeah. Um, but it's it's developing a kind of attitude to ourself, the world and life where we kind of carry around with, a, with us an awareness that mm-hmm. like everything's on the table yep. for God. And, yeah. and then when stuff crops up, we've already done the work of, and, and this is the beautiful thing of like, yeah, we try and think it through. We help each other as human beings, but also the Holy Spirit sometimes comes along and rocks up and is like, dude, let me uh, talk to you about this because I don't think you really <laughs> want to put it on the table, you yeah. know? <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, and he helps us know which bits of ourselves we need to wrestle through but yeah we can do so much to make ourselves healthier yeah to be able to go make peace yeah i I think the recognition and the allowance for the things that we interact with like anxiety fear worry those kinds of things aren't don't eliminate us from being able to participate in the Mm -hmm. peace project like those are little alarm bells that say hey we get to this is an opportunity for that but you know, even like as, as a parent, again, like I come back to these kind of analogies all the time, but so does God as a father. So we get to, it doesn't break down all the way, but when, a, when you're outside of a room and you hear conflict going on and a kid breaks out crying as a mom, I recognize their different cries, what it means, what's happening. And it doesn't mean that those things aren't going to happen, that those outbreaks don't happen. But as you walk in and being present, I very much strive to not be a reactionary parent, but a responsive kind of a parent where it's just like, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to listen. I recognize what this cry is. And so 
I know what I need to do to help bring about a solution or a wholeness back to the situation. And maybe mm-hmm. sometimes it's do nothing. Maybe it's sometimes yeah. it's just let the situation play itself out a little bit and see kind of how, especially as they're getting older, it's like wanting to create and, and do that. And so I think, I think God the Father does similar things with us where it's like, no, I, I always there, always present, but, but at the same time, wanting us to be able to kind of exercise some of those, those muscles of wisdom and discernment mm-hmm. and understanding his character and who he is. I think we can tend to freeze ourselves oftentimes waiting, well, what's God say? What's God say? Well, and a lot of times, like, well, we know what he would call us to do. Yeah. And so it's being willing to step forward in boldness sometimes. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because there's, again, there's the American Christian caricature of this. Yeah. Which is like, be so up for the fight all the time and feel just like strong and like I can t- I can take on the world. Yeah. You know, and that's spot what we're all supposed to feel like apparently yeah. culturally. In every fight. <laughs> um yeah, and, and and just and that really discourages us and makes us think there's something wrong with us when we don't, you know, the fear comes out of a lie, out of an yeah. unreality. Um but it makes me think of uh, just the need for like that discernment's only going to happen if there's submission. Mhm. Like Jesus is the one who is going to conquer everything that needs shalom bringing to it. Mm-hmm. We get to partner here and there along the way, and we've got to get involved yep. because he wants to. He's, he's not going to do it without us. He's like, how I'm going to do this is to use you. Yeah. But the weight of it is not on us. Yeah. And um and and actually Jesus's way of bringing peace, um, e- even like in training, like this is like kids. And friends need to see in parents or in each other, you know, like they don't need to see this perfect picture of confidence. Right. That does not train or inspire anyone. Um, and I was thinking about Paul saying, like, God's strength is na- made perfect in my weakness. Yeah. Like, that's how God trains, mm-hmm. but it's also how God brings peace mm-hmm. through this kind of sacrificial mm-hmm. giving, laying down of life, turning the other cheek. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and that's part of the interesting, uh, again, if we if we hold out for a, ver- there's even like a, a version of Shalom that's like, I just feel like Mike Tyson could get in the ring and I would be good to go. <laughs> yeah. That's just like, that's actually not God's way either. Mm-mm. And so we may feel like, man, I've got so many fears, so many worries, so many concerns. And the question is not, do you have things you look out at yourself, your friends, your family, the world and think that's not right. The question is, are they on the table? Mm. Yeah. Because if they are, you can go do some peacemaking. And however weak you are, that prayer and supplication engine will will enable like transformation to take place. Mm -hmm. And that's God's way of doing it, where God gets the glory. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got we gotta go because well, this is the last Advent podcast. It is. Yeah. We're we're not gonna do a podcast next week because it's Christmas. And if you all listening are not lying down from having fun in some <laughs> way then that's disappointing so i hope you are um yeah and we've got to go because we've got to go talk about christmas eve so that's right we're mm-hmm. out of time so there you go some thoughts about this prince of peace Love a it. massive massive topic huge um, so much to talk about and yeah just hope that you are uh, all you know listening able to finish 2021 well whatever that looks like for you it may be the postcard picture family 
but it, it may not. It may be conflict yeah. and hardship and a, a tough season. But just, you know, everyone here, we're praying for you guys that mm-hmm. it's uh, a season where, I mean, this is great that this is a topic for today. You know, yeah. it yeah. may not be picture postcard peace, but that the peace of God is able to rule and reign and yeah. you experience like a fresh wave of the realization that this is Jesus and this is what he stands for as we look to his coming that just doesn't just announce but like puts that reality right in the midst of our universe and says I'm here I'm doing it yes like that's who Jesus is amen and for those of you who can make it, we would love to see you on Christmas Eve for 6 and 11 p.m. We're doing the 11 p.m. this 11 year. 11 p.m. It'd be if, so cool. If you don't like sleep. If you don't like sleep, <laughs> come to the 11 and we'll celebrate and 12 maybe 1 you'll, Maybe together. you'll see Father Christmas on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> maybe even a flying reindeer flying with Western reindeer. riding it. That's right. Oh, that'd be so cool. Um, otherwise, for the rest of you, Merry Christmas. We love you guys and uh, look forward to seeing you all again. Oh, yeah. and should we say... Yeah, I'm just going to say it. So... January or December 26th is a Sunday. Yes. We're not Good to doing say. church. You can come there. to church if you want, but it's going to be cold nobody to sit outside the building. Yeah, nobody will be here. So take that day with your family. Enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and, and then the yeah. next one, January 2nd, yes. is going to be a really fun Sunday. Really We're fun. launching the year with a huge kickoff. A party. Yeah. <laughs> a party. Yeah. It so is. Something really encouraging. Yep. So mm-hmm. look forward to that. All, All right, right, guys. God bless everyone. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to this episode of the House of Learning podcast. This podcast is produced by A Jesus Church College, based at Westside A Jesus Church in Portland, Oregon. AJC College trains and mobilizes the next generation of kingdom leaders through an accredited four-year degree in biblical studies with an emphasis on leadership and formation. We combine classroom learning with mentoring and ministry apprenticeship for a third of the cost of traditional college. To find out more, go to ajccollege.org or follow us on Instagram to find out if this is where God could be calling you to explore your calling. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, subscribe, and share it with someone. And if you have a question you'd like us to chat about, please let us know. You can email us at podcast at ajccollege.org. If you can, send us a 20-second audio recording saying who you are and where you're from along with your question, and we'd love to include it in a future episode.